What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. We are covering Long Gone Summer, the story of the 1998 home run chase on another episode of Real Sports. It is myself and Emily Anderson breaking down McGuire versus Sosa. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and search the Bullpen Cart Podcast to join our Facebook group and be a part of the conversation. Help pick the next real sports that we're going to be doing. But enjoy the episode, guys. Let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of Real Sports, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, and we are talking baseball. He's so excited. I'm incredibly excited. We are talking about the newest 30 for 30, Long Gone Summer. Which you can hopefully find on demand since it's new. (laughs) Yes, Greg, if you didn't watch us live, you know, I'm sure it's going to be replayed all week because... What else we may is not there to play? get. We may not even get baseball. Rob Manfred coming out today saying now he is not confident that there will be a season after on Friday during the draft he was like, oh yeah, we're gonna have it. He's like, oh, I'm no longer confident. And then who was the player that came out and basically said, and I saw said Rob Manfred is holding our hot our season hostage. Uh, pretty much every player has. Oh. They've all come out on Instagram being like, tell us when to show up. We'll play whenever. All this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, but. For one night, we had baseball back. I'm wearing my National League batting practice jersey from the 2005 All-Star Game. So a little bit after McGuire and Sosa's time, uh, towards the tail end of Griffey, the NL. And the NL was on full display in 1998. Emily, what was your thoughts going into this pot, or this uh, documentary last night? Um, I had... Memories of, of 98. I remembered, you know, them cutting into my mom's Judge Judy because, you know, one of them had hit another home run and they would like cut into daytime TV because, you know, they were playing in Central Time or whatever or in the West Coast, a day game. And I remember it was very exciting. I, I just remember following it. I was s- seven yeah. at the time. So, yeah. Yeah, so. When we saw, obviously, this was advertised during The Last Dance, so we saw this one was coming, and we've taken a little break since doing The Last Dance The Last Dance was a lot. It was a lot. You know, now you see the uh, the weekly grind that it is to make a podcast, Yeah, so now you got it. You, you're recharged. I, you have kept the ship afloat. And we have to say, of of this podcast team, I'm the main the main researcher here. I watch everything twice. You watch everything twice. I do my own research. Yeah. But that's a that's time commitment. You do watch everything twice. Yeah. Um, hashtag fun employment. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> so wait, so this is our first one back, and I think of the three that we saw advertisements for, this was the one that we were both, I think, looking forward to the most. Like you mentioned, what were the other ones? Lance and uh, oh, yeah. there's the Bruce Lee one. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I'm interested in the Bruce Lee one. That that that'll be pretty interesting. But um, like you mentioned, I was seven 
when this all went down in 1998. And, like, I remember 96, similarly to, to the to the Bulls, I remember 1996 only because the All-Star game was in Philadelphia. My parents went to it. And I remember six-year or five-year-old me being really upset I couldn't go. Smart decision by my parents. Part. Oh, yeah. Taking a five-year-old to the All-Star game. It doesn't start until, like, 9 o'clock when I'd be in bed anyway. Honestly, taking a five-year-old to... Any nighttime game is a dicey decision. We went to a number of baseball games, but we'd leave by like the fourth inning. Yeah, that's and that's what, a seven oh five pitch. If and the you All-Star want game, to stay the whole time, it's a dicey decision. Yeah, the All Star game they always say it starts at eight for baseball, and then it really starts at nine because eight's when they they do the anthem, they yeah, do the intros, yeah. which is like one of my favorite things of any All Star game, including basketball is a pretty good intro. I don't think I've ever watched the Pro Bowl, or I've seen like bits and pieces, but I've never sat down to watch the Pro Bowl. And the, the the NHL one is cool, but they do the intros with the skills competition. It was the Pro Bowl this year was when Kobe died, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you're right. That was that was the same because I remember turning the Pro Bowl on just to see the reaction yeah. of when everyone found speaking that of, out. Speaking of Kobe dying, this is completely off track. But Dave Chappelle's interview where he talked about why I didn't go to the why I didn't go on to the, the Grammys. I didn't. It was either the Grammy, whatever. I think it's the but Grammys. But what was for the interview night. on? Uh, he did it on Instagram. It was eight forty six, and he said basically like, "I was born. I was born on August twenty fourth, and Kobe's numbers were eight and twenty four. I, I fucking love the guy. Like I was mm-hmm. devastated, and that's why I didn't show up to the awards. Oh, yeah. It was uh, you you read that and you see in your your like heart just sinks for for the guy. And Chappelle, obviously, great dude. Um, done a number of different things in the last couple of years, and a great comeback. But anyway, back to nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I remember 96 vaguely. I remember 97 decently because I had the Ken Griffey Jr. baseball game. Mm-hmm. So Griffey was my guy. So they talk a lot about in this. Griffey's still your guy. He's still my guy. You were so, like, watching this, you were like, is Griffey going to come on? It's like, it was similar to when we watched the Rodman doc. We yeah. were like, is Michael going to come? And he did, but, like, this time Griffey didn't come, and I think you were sad. <laughs> I was a little sad. And we can circle back on this because you've talked, because in your notes, which were really just your thoughts that you wrote off the cuff you talked about a docs on other st- aspects of the steroid era which i think we can brainstorm this further mm-hmm. um but we'll come back to griffey and everything there but that but i was pretty invested in that because griffey was involved my mom is from chicago i've talked about it a lot on this podcast but sosa comes out of nowhere in may which i've heard this complaint about how they basically glossed over 24 home runs in a month, which is insane. Yeah, is that still the record? I don't know. I think so, but I can look it up. Um, but they, but that is like one complaint that I agree with. This was this was advertised as McGuire Sosa, and it was really the Mark McGuire doc with some Sammy Sosa in it. Agreed. As like a little bit of McGuire's heel. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I. Agree. Um, but yeah, so that that was not where my like a investment negative came way, in, though. and that, and not in a negative way. That's what was kind of weird about it. Um, but I remember, and the Phillies weren't good in the night in 1998. So us following the Cubs, that was like, aside from my dad being a huge Yankee fan, that was like really following along baseball. Like the previous year in 97, Indians lose in seven games to the Marlins. Uh, I remember watching that. That was the first world series I really paid attention to. 1997 was like this year that I really paid attention to specifically finals, but to sports. Mm-hmm. I remember the Flyers losing to the Red Wings. I remember the first Bulls-Jazz series. And then that World Series. I thought it was really cool that this team that got founded four years earlier won. 
So going into 98, I'm all amped up to watch all of this. And I like King Griffey. And then my mom's team, you know, I always see my dad's team, talked about that. He'd take me to New York a couple times then and would take me up to New York many more times after that. But my mom's team is the team that's the focal point, which I thought was really cool. But weren't, they were, like, really bad. They were supposed to be really bad. No, the year before is what they talk about in the documentary with the 45-cent beers, um, which I immediately texted my uncles asking, how many beers did you guys buy? That's amazing. Uh, Uncle Steve was already living in Cincinnati then, so he... Very he disappointed, I'm very sure. Very quickly to answer zero. Um <laughs> And then my cousin Pete scooping up the the save of me asking my my uncle Charlie answered. But my cousin Pete goes, he's talking about this documentary in case nobody's realizing. Yeah. It. <laughs> oh my god, good call, Pete. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they talk a little bit about and for those that are used to the style that we did it through the Last Dance, um, this is gonna be a little more like the Hit It Hard doc where we just talk about our thoughts through it. We have some topics. It's more free form instead of chronologically from what we saw. Because on and part of the reason I was proposed that format or whatever is the Jordan doc. There was a lot of the Jordan things. doc had its own flow. It had its own flow. There was a lot more substance, I think, and a lot more things that we'd never seen before. Oh, yeah. And this in is... this doc, it's like, I didn't learn anything. It was enjoyable no. to watch, yeah. but I didn't, I learned stuff in the Jordan doc where I didn't learn anything here that I Were need you to fine like, with that? hit. What? Of that we didn't learn anything new? I mean, I think I liked it less because of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, this, this is not, this is not the next The Last Dance no. in terms of, like, must-see TV. I thought it was great. I agree. We, you we liked it more nothing. than me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just miss baseball so yeah. much. Um, but I, I'm fine with not learning anything. I don't think... And McGuire's come clean about all of his usage. Sosa never really got caught. His name was just thrown around in mm-hmm. a few reports. Uh, he didn't admit to it. He has the weird... Forgets to speak English at, his, at the Senate hearings whole thing. I do have to say in his defense on that. That if English is your second language and you're in a position like that, a Senate hearing... Oh, yeah, where every word's getting sliced and diced. Right. Yeah. You don't want to misspeak, so you're safer going... Talk, having a guy speak for you. Having a guy yeah, speak yeah. for you, so you don't, like... Your intonation isn't taken wrong or something because no, no, it's not true. your first language. Great that's, word. It's thank a, you. It's a $20 word right there. Thanks. Um, Been doing a lot of reading in my fun employment. Yeah, well... Bettering myself. Bettering yourself. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think... Like, they show... So, obviously, going back, and now that we've explained kind of how this is going to be, they show Maguire with the A's. And they showed a lot more of A's Maguire than I thought they were going to. Like, it's mm-hmm. rookie year. Almost like a mini episode of The Last Dance. It kind of... But that goes back to you being, like, it was a Maguire doc with a side of Sosa. Like, we didn't see, like, Sosa no, they, they in just talked, the DR or, like, showed, anything. Of all the weird B-roll they used, which this has been pointed out in a couple different podcasts I've listened to that covered this... Um, the fact, and I think I said it to you in the middle of it, the fact that they kept showing a Sosa home run and then like a live shot of Wrigley, or last year probably, and then yeah. the same thing with the Cardinals, and at least with the Cubs, because they really, like, they weren't trying, they were trying almost to make it seem like it was all one thing. The Cardinals, and maybe this is why they didn't explicitly say like present day St. Louis, present day Chicago, mm-hmm. because the Cardinals have a different stadium. Old Bush Stadium was around until, I think, actually, this season in 2005. I think that's when my dad and I went to St. Louis. But 
the Cubs have been a Wrigley forever. Right. But, like, when they show the Cubs, you see Chris Bryant jerseys, you see Javi Baez jerseys. Well, you can just tell be by the film quality. Oh, the, the little that, too. <laughs> um, yeah, even, yeah, high definition versus even just really good low res. Um, but what I think, and you put this in the notes, of that Conseco is nowhere to be seen. And this is, this kind of is going to go into the, I know we want to do a, a segment on it, but it's going to be an overarching theme of the steroid era and how much do we really want from it that they didn't get Griffey. The, if they did a Griffey style last dance and they have the steroid episode, mm-hmm. which they're not, I mean, like they, this would have need to be been thought of as Michael Jordan's doing it. And the end of Griffey's career also wasn't like a last run. It was kind of, it happened. A petering um, out. Yeah. A little bit. Well, he got hurt so much in the mid 2000s, in the 2000s. Not even the mid two thousands, just the two thousands. Um, but he still got to six hundred. Yeah. You know? oh. Um, he uh, you know, he he's the man. He's the kid. You love him. Um, oh, I do. Um, but anyway, no Conseco, mm-hmm. which the best thing we can get right now is the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience on Netflix, which I don't think you've seen. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, and I kept. I just, and I know you didn't. You hadn't seen it because I kept quoting it. Uh, because they were showing Jose Canseco parts, and the "My name is Jose" <laughs> and I'm Mark, which is the opening song mm-hmm. from this. This and just, just basically it. Hamilton style documentary where they're just rapping the whole time. It's Sandberg, it's Sandberg, and, and um, not a, um, oh, I forget which one's Akiva and which one's Jerome. Oh, um, yeah, I think I think Akiva's is. Uh, McGuire and Andy Samberg is Jose Canseco and he's much more lively. Mark McGuire, as you can see by the the contrast of A's McGuire and Cardinals McGuire, is much more like this. They keep calling him Southern California, but you could almost even think he is like this guy from somewhere in the Midwest, from Missouri, Iowa, Kansas. Even though he's and they say it probably the most, probably the second, the third highest used phrase. Then McGuire or Sammy Sosa is Southern Southern California kid. Yeah, they kept referring to him that way. But um, yeah, that so no no Conseco, so we don't get we don't get that backstory to it. We got a lot of Tony Larusa, mm-hmm. which was pretty awesome. Well, um, I think going back to Conseco for a second is I think the reason why we don't get him, and I think this is. A lot of people's main issue with the doc is the whole, like... I mean, I looked at the timestamp when they really bring up steroids, and there's 13 minutes left, including a commercial break. The only thing... So they don't really bring up steroids, which is that... I think that's what some people wanted. They wanted this hard-hitting But that's, that's steroids. not what the director's intent was. And he says that in the little, like, you know, like, yeah, blurby little, thing blurb at the beginning. Thing. He's like, I wanted to capture, like, the excitement of that 98 summer and how, like, everyone in the country was paying attention to this. And yeah. if you put over that whole doc, that whole experience, this, like, cloud of steroids, that's not what it felt like in 98 because people didn't know about it in 98. Yeah, and I think that was... It was kind of the, and obviously it was his point. And I think when you think about 1998, I don't think about the fact that McGuire almost immediately was accused of, of juicing, doing steroids. Like I remember, I think it might have even been that winter. Somebody was like, "Oh yeah, he's a fake. He did steroids." Mm-hmm. Which it's hard to believe that a second grader would have said that. But like you know, you 
you think about these, you know, like the, you're they told these things. They heard their dad you, say it. Yeah, like your dad tells it. you something and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to say it. And I remember thinking, like one of my friends, that's definitely what happened. His dad was like, oh yeah, that guy's a fake. So he said it to me. Yeah. I'm thinking like, oh no, no way, no way, man, no way. Um, but when I think about that summer, I don't think about them doing steroids. Yeah. I think about the, about that excitement. The fact that that summer has this incredible home run chase and then immediately goes into a game 163. That summer is how I learned about it, which they don't... I wasn't expecting them to say that's how the Cubs clinched that game, uh, yeah. the playoff spot. But that's why. They had a game 163. That's why it's an ESPN broadcast and not, you know, just a Cubs guy. Mm-hmm. You hear, um, I think it's John Shomby was the, the old ESPN guy. Now, I think it might be his son that does Sunday Night Baseball. I don't know the relations. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... To the to the director's credit, that the point was to bring back the nostalgia, and you certainly had it. Mm-hmm. We didn't see all over 130 home runs, but we saw most of them yeah, between McGuire and Sosa, and just like getting the the high points, even which we didn't get all the dog days of summer, but we got the high points, and we got the Joe Buck interview with him and Sosa when he you know they have the series, he ties it in one game, breaks it in the next. And I thought they did a really good job with it. I don't think... You think it's too long, right? I just think there's, like, a lot of... Like, a lot of home run footage. And there's also, like... I think it goes back to, like, the new information kind of thing. Like, sure. There's a lot of other things that I am more interested in than just, like, watching something that I saw already. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I probably am more interested in the steroid doc. I'm more interested in E60 on why the Cubs and Sammy Sosa hate each other. That I'm very oh, yeah. interested in. So, like, they keep bringing these things up that, like, pique my interest and then they gloss over them. And I'm like, let's go back to that. I'm interested in that part. So, what I'm wondering is, so you mentioned it. There's all these other stories out there. And I think specifically on the steroid era, because there probably is a Sammy Sosa Cubs thing. But my point is, we just talked. We talked about it before. We did. There was Rodman doc. We did a real sports on it. There was a documentary about Jordan in the minor leagues. Jordan rides the bus. Mm-hmm. Then there was ultimately the Last Dance, and these were different parts that you know we talked about when there was the Rodman episode. That there was stuff that the Rodman episode covered, and that the Last Dance glossed over. That mm-hmm. could have, you know, it. it certainly adds a lot more color to Rodman. And there's even some some extra stuff that wasn't in the Rodman documentary. Um, I still need to see Jordan Rides the Bus. I think that was one we planned on trying to do around the minor league episode of The Last Dance. But maybe this becomes, in, and I'm not saying a ten-part series for the steroid era, or even you know five parts. It could be a two-parter, like the Lance one. Yeah. Um, and maybe this, though, becomes more of the, the glow-up for uh, if you want to call it that, for Mark McGuire in it, and then there is one about the fallout of Sammy Sosa with the cork bat and everything there, and um, him falling out with the Cubs. Now he still hasn't been invited back, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, that's what I'm like. There's got to be more than just he left his last game early and then he used a cork bat. There's got to be more. Oh yeah, there. Oh, there's like some stuff that's like it's kind of known about the end of his of his time, like with some of his relationship with some of his teammates. But that'd be great if all parties involved get thrown in there. Um, yeah, that's the hard part. Like, especially with a bigger steroid doc is, like, getting everyone on the record. Yeah, so you'd probably... You, right now, would probably get 
you might not even get Maguire now. I'd be like, oh, I already did the 98 one. Yeah. But, like, maybe get Andy Pettit. He admitted it. Um, you yeah, you'll get, be... You'd get Canseco. Oh, yeah, I think he so. would love it. Canseco would probably have to be the one to, like, first say yes, I yeah. think, before you do anything. Um, maybe Giambi? I don't know. Like, but you're not going to get Barry Bonds. That's, yeah. like, the... That's the ultimate thing. And you mentioned that there's barely any reference of Barry Bonds. There are subtle clips that they show him, like, right after McGuire hits a home run or something there. So there mm-hmm. were... Before they really started to, like, throw the dig at Barry Bonds and performance enhancing steroids, and that's not by accident, that Barry Bonds, three years later in 2001, breaks the record and then ultimately becomes the home run king. But... In that season that he did it in 2001, it was, like, much more apparent yeah. that he was on steroids. And I remember thinking that when I was 11. Being like, oh, yeah, he's definitely juicing. Yeah. Which, and this goes to Maguire, too, that Maguire was a solid player pre-steroids. Like, he he came out in, in the mid-2000s and said that he, or maybe it was towards the end of the 2000s, but comes out and says that he did it for the better, better part of a decade, leading into 98. So... Definitely started with Conseco. Conseco said that he personally injected Maguire sometimes. Um, but he was still a solid player before that. Mm-hmm. And that's always the thing with, with Barry Bonds. Is Barry Bonds didn't need to do steroids to be a Hall of Famer. He just wanted the home run record and did you know, did a lot of steroids. And now he is not a Hall of Famer? Or he is? Not, no, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so he screwed himself out of that. Yeah. Uh, well, depending on who you talk to. Should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? No. You don't think so? It was illegal when he did it. He still holds the record for home runs. He was one of the best players pre and post. And also, also, (laughs) baseball doesn't, shouldn't be looking away from that era and acting like, oh, steroids didn't happen, so we're not going to let this be a part of our museum of history. Like, if we, like... If we take our kids there and we walk through the Hall of Fame, that ball is there, for yeah. one. For two, and this is a different example, but the black there are references to players in the Black Sox in the, in the Hall of Fame, and they're banned for life from baseball. Barry Bonds not banned for life. Yeah. They're, there's references to them, so there needs to be, like, I think, like, maybe... I mean, okay, I get it, and I could probably be swayed, but then part of me is like, well, Mark McGuire can't get in now, and that's not fair to him. He got close. But he's not in, and this is why. So, like, Barry Bonds gets in, but Mark McGuire doesn't. That's not really fair. Pitchers were doing it, too. That's the biggest thing, is that they were doing it, too. Well, no, I... Okay, I can be swayed on the steroids, but I'm now I'm going back to, like, they can't correct their, like, past mistakes and letting people in so i feel like then they're just gonna stay the course well they might eventually get in they can still get they can still get in i thought you like got ousted after 10 years you got taken off the ballot um you do but then you can also become re-eligible as an old timer okay and also they can whenever they want they can come up with special classes and stuff like that they did that with all the negro league players and all that sort of thing okay that this is different than segregation in baseball yeah or that this is the same you know what i meant yeah um but they come up with that sort of thing but um i believe it's also 15 years but you have to remain 
that you're eligible on the ballot. But you have and, to stay within like a certain. Yeah, you have percent. to get more than you have to get more than five percent of the vote. Um, which I was looking at the results. All this, all the steroid guys have been, especially this year, went up. In the because vote. I was interested to see if they had, if I could, like you know how the on like NBA, you can see like the ballot and who all the media people vote for. Yeah. I was like interested to see, but the MLB Hall of Fame is like much smaller, like the voting people. Mm-hmm. Because the the Baseball Writers of America. Yeah. Um, but they don't all vote, right? Like they have like yeah, you don't a committee have, of well, you get ten votes and not everybody, and you don't uh, people don't use all of their votes. But then like some people's votes count more or something. Like there's like a I don't think that's the all case. right. Maybe I was looking at something else. But anyways, because in the documentary they had a number of writers from like St. Louis and Chicago and they were all basically saying that like it's stupid that McGuire and Sosa aren't in the Hall of Fame so I was like well did these are these people voting for them or not but I didn't my research fell short of finding the answers to those questions <laughs> um and then I would have had to like rewind to get their names but it was a thought that I had a thought experiment if you will no no no, no that's that's fair to to see um it is 10 years. I just looked it up. But, um, cause Larry Walker got in on his final year of eligibility as a, you know, in the first round of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then you have to get at least 5%. So Bobby Abreu still alive, former mm. Philly and winner of this home run derby. I remember watching uh, that. I do remember. Or actually I did not see it live cause I was at Kansas Squahannock, but I watched that all-star game the next day. Um, then Ryan Howard the next year in Pittsburgh. That was fun. That was fun. Um, but yeah, what, what other thoughts do we have around this? Um, I don't know. What are my notes say? Yeah, um, so we can talk about kind of the... the Well, what do you think about, do you think that if there hadn't been two guys so close to each other... Oh, this is a good question. Like with... Sosa and McGuire pushing each other, would they have gotten the record? I think one of them gets the record if one's there. Like, say Sosa never comes out of nowhere does McGuire hit 62. I think he does. I don't think he gets to 70. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a guy right there. Um, which I never really thought of before that question gets asked to McGuire during the documentary. Yeah. I'd always kind of remembered, like, oh, yeah, they did it, like, really quickly. I never thought about, like, the competition pushing yeah. each other. And, like, and for Bonds, was there anyone pushing Bonds at all? Or was he just, like, a juiced-up maniac? Um, because I don't... I'm going to look this up. They... Because I know there was this whole stretch where guys... Like, it, 62 has been broken a number of times now. Yeah. Um, so, I'm looking up the 2001 season. Because I think Sammy Sosa might have even hit two, two, uh, 62 that year. But I'm, I'm looking it up to answer your question. Well... Because I don't, it's so interesting, and I guess because the record had stood for so long, and that's why it was so exciting, because, like, I mean, I remember Barry Bonds chasing the record, but it wasn't as big of a thing as 98 was. Um, Yeah, it was a big deal, just because, like, it was this astronomical pace of how he was going to try to break the record. The big thing with, with it happening in 1998, and they mentioned Roger Maris, and they actually bring Roger Maris' son on there, but, like... Maris's 61 and 61 
had an asterisk on it. And they reference why, because that it was the first year they expanded to 162 games. So it was like this whole, this whole deal with it. Uh, And obviously they broke it in the in the earlier part of September before the 154th game even happened. So they they were good by the the ruling of of that of it Mm. needed to be done before that. Um, And then the fact that to kind of come back around to your question of how how high would they have gotten without each other? They certainly hurdled any sort of question around that. Never mind the fact that McGuire hits two in the last day of the season, which I'd kind of forgotten about, frankly. Yeah, like I just kind of remember McGuire breaks it. And then it was all the attention, at least for me, coming from you know family that has you know half of my family's from Chicago. So it turned to the, back to the Cubs and their chase, which I'd forgotten that it was the Giants that they beat. I knew the Mets were involved somehow, but I forgot it was the Giants, which is also interesting because they show Barry Bonds in that run, yeah, where they show where the Cubs end up beating them, um, and it's absolutely. Insane, just to think about it, how close Barry Bonds got to was kind of there, but not totally. Um, and then two years, you know, th- a couple years later, ends up really going, uh, going after it. And I'm pulling up the numbers now. Um, in terms of home runs, yeah, Sosa had 64. That was the next highest. Um, and then Luis Gonzalez had 57. Uh, Pudge Rodriguez, 52. Jim Tomey, 49. Or no, Alex Rodriguez, excuse me. Um, Jim Tomey, 49. Uh, Sean Green and Todd Helton, also at 49. Rafael Palmero, who they showed a few times, including in the uh, the Senate hearings, uh, at 47. Yeah, so... Uh, but this is like... This is that... This run of people just having insane numbers all over the place. Um, yeah. 2001, also Ichiro's first year in America, where he had 242 hits. Wow. Uh, that record still stands. It's a lot of hits. There's a lot of hits. Um, Bobby Abreu played in every single game. Did he lead the league in walks? Sorry. This is why you don't send me to baseball reference. I know. I'm like, is this um, just like a fun baseball trivia yeah, page? This is why you don't send me there. This is how we I... got the whole Juan Soto was the baseball player I compared Michael Jordan to thing. Um... For more on that, go listen to our Last Dance podcast. But, um, or what was his double A? The double A. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. I think, yes, that that helps. I think mm-hmm. they, I think McGuire still would have broken it. Um, what did you think about his son? Do you know, do you know as much, do you, did you remember as much no. about Matt McGuire? No. But I thought his son was, it was so weird because in his, like, grown-up interview, like, you know, he talks about, um, he's like, I didn't realize it was a big deal until, like, I got older. And I'm like, kid, you were 11. I looked it up. He was born in 87. Mm-hmm. So he was 11, 10, 11. Like, if I knew as a seven-year-old that it was a big deal, you it was your dad. You yeah. knew it was a big deal. What are you talking about? I think he was just trying to play it up. Yeah. Looked exactly like Fat Mac from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> I said that to you during it. Yeah. Um, I thought that was hysterical. Um, the other one that I thought was kind of kind of unfortunate that he got kind of coerced into it and i wonder if there was some sort of like oh you'll maybe you might like your job may be in question the guy who catches it the groundskeeper oh yeah who i didn't realize that's who it was when they were showing yeah when they kept showing him and i'm like like, right who is why is brian windhorst here yeah like the 15 minutes leading up to it i'm like who is this guy like and why is he in the back of some like steakhouse yeah 
like a like a palm or something. Um, and him catching the ball, and then they show him on Letterman. That, that was actually a pretty funny. Yeah. Clip. But yeah, that I, him be like, Mister McGuire, I think this belongs to you. That's gotta suck. Yeah. If you're that kid, like. It could have easily gone to, like, gone in the stands and some guy, like, Jeter's 3,000th hit. That's mm-hmm. a, that was a home run. Um, like, so I think the kid, I don't think he got a cash, the guy who caught it, I don't think he got a cash element, but the Yankees hooked him up with, like, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And I think I think Jeter might have chipped in something there. Like, he just got to, like, do a mini late-night circuit. Yeah. Like, he didn't really get much for it. And, like... The fanfare there. Also, you said that the ball's in the hall in the hall of fame, but doesn't that comic book guy have it? No, no, no. Um, the ball that Barry Bonds hit, the break. Uh, oh, so McGuire's t- isn't because that. Comic no, no, no book guy. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about this. And Todd McFarlane at the <laughs> beginning of this, who you had no idea who Todd no. McFarlane was. <laughs> I keep calling him a comic book yeah. guy. Todd McFarlane. For those Only that don't because know, you told me he's a comic book He's guy. created a number of different comic books, most notably Spawn. Um, but he was the guy who he's drew loaded. Venom for the first time. Oh. But Spawn is like what is what really he's known well for. Who he was in a Soul Calibur game. He's been he's been in a number of fighting games. Um, but he worked on Spider Man for a while. Um, but yeah, he's this loaded. Is, yeah, he's incredibly loaded. He also helped found 38 games. Do you know what that is? No. It's the video game company that Kurt Schilling founded. Interesting. Yeah. Is it um, not successful? Uh, no, it failed. It went under. Oh. It, like, almost instantaneously. It was very, uh, very notoriously terrible. Well, clearly he also apparently a big owned, baseball fan. He also apparently owned a bit of the Oilers hmm. of the NHL. Because he is, I did not know he was Canadian. Uh, fun facts all around here. But, yeah, so the fact that that's just shown at the start. All the different home runs Todd McFarlane has. We never see him again. No, we see him at the end. Do we when, see him at the end? When it goes on auction, the ball. And oh, he's yeah, like, we see him buy it. Yeah. He's like, I told the girl on the phone to just keep the paddle up until the end. Like, yeah. he was going to pay whatever. It went for $2.7 million. Yeah. Which is another question I have. So, the kid gave the ball to McGuire. Did McGuire be like, I want mil- money? So, he uh, who auctions this ball off? Isn't that home run 70 that he has? I don't know. I don't think he has home run 62. No, he does. Who? Oh, McFarlane, yeah, maybe. Okay. I yeah, I think McFarlane is home run number 70. Okay. Um, yeah, I think home run 62 McGuire has. But that was something that somebody said. Of like, you could... Somebody's gonna be able to retire off of this. Yeah, well, like that kid could have easily, or like, get some sort of like cushy job with with the Cardinals instead of being a groundskeeper for the for the remainder. Mm-hmm. Like he was definitely in high school then. Like, yeah, hey kid, we'll pay for a year of college or something. Like, college in nineteen ninety eight. I don't think was that expensive. Like, yeah. Well, the one guy goes like the one Cardinals or Cubs guy is like, yeah, the ball could will give you a quarter of a million dollars, and I was like, a quarter of a million dollars. That shit went for two point seven million in the auction. I mean, granted, sixty two versus seventy, whatever, but sixty two is probably worth more. Yeah, it uh, it's crazy stuff. I mean, yeah. but I think that goes back to the to the theme of this of when you think about nineteen ninety eight, you just think about how insane 
this all was. Four years earlier, baseball canceled the World Series, and they, they end with this. So, like, mm-hmm. they kind of end of almost as a defense of why they took this approach to the documentary and not critical of steroids and everything. But people said they weren't coming back to it. People are, are once again saying it now in the current state of baseball. But I mean, you have that. You have 95 that still there's a little spillover of it. And then you get the then you get the Yankees coming out of nowhere, or not coming out of nowhere, but you get the Yankees winning for mm-hmm. their I don't know which title number that would be. Um, but the the Jeter Mariano Rivera comes out he comes out of nowhere um, as their setup man was not well, not their closer yet in 1996. But then the Marlins win in '97. This team that was founded in 1993, they came out of nowhere and then stunk. The only team to lose 100 games the year after winning the World Series. That's wild. 98 Marlins, which I thought that was funny. Of All teams, they made a point to, to point out who they were playing. And it's because the Marlins were so terrible that they couldn't fill their stadium. Mm-hmm. And McGuire filled the stadium for them. But they still had like the tarps over half the seats. Well, that's because they used to play in, in the same stadium as the, as the Dolphins. So they uh. were doing that anyway. Um, yeah, they didn't build... Marlins Park didn't get built until, as you noted... They changed their name from Florida to Miami, which uh, I didn't I, know. Yeah, you didn't realize. And I, was I was like, "Look, like, it says Florida," and you were like, "Yeah, they were the Florida Marlins." Yeah, they were the Florida yeah. Marlins for forever. <laughs> um, both of the World Series titles, Just nuts. They had, they had two World Series titles in their first eleven years that in baseball. That is wild. Um, Phillies only have one in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Sad. Anyway. Um, yeah, they did show. They showed a number of Phillies players, never explicitly talking about the Phillies. Although they, they were, do say that McGuire made his Cardinals debut against the, vet. the Phillies. Yeah, that's right. They talked about the vet, yeah. which I'd said earlier, being like, "Oh yeah, Old Bush Stadium is exactly like the vet," and like McGuire's Cardinal debut, Veterans Stadium. Yeah, I'm like oh, there it is. Um, but yeah, I. Um, so here's a question for you. We talked about, and they mentioned in the documentary, you know, this race, like, captured the nation. Yeah. And they mentioned that it hadn't happened since the hockey team. 1980, Miracle on Ice. Yeah. A way, like, the, a country, like, got behind something in sports and, like, couldn't look away. And I, I was wondering if you can think of anything else since 98. I had an idea. It's in my notes. But... So, I want to counter... Because I think it's Costas who says that. Mm, yeah, I think so. That, and I mentioned this, that in the Such late a 90s, thing. The, the NBC still had basketball, still had baseball, and if they didn't, they just lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Jordan Bulls captured the nation pretty well, mm-hmm. because that really put basketball on the, it, it was on the map pretty well before, but that kind of drove basketball. We talked about this a lot with the Last Dance podcast, but of how globally it, it drove basketball. Yeah. And I think even if you weren't a Bulls fan, you wanted to see if they could do it, how good these teams could be. Um, I don't know if the the whole the concept of the Last Dance captured the country or maybe not in the positive way because it's this sad thing that you're not sure is ever going to happen, uh-huh. and it does. Um, but to answer your question, after... After 98, is there something that catches the the nation so positively? Um, I'd say one of the Women's World Cup teams. Mm. Prob- maybe last year. Or the 98. Is it, was it 99? 99. It's 99. the next summer. Um, yeah, you're right. I was about to, I was, for whatever reason, 
I flip-flopped years um, and thinking that was the year before. But no, it was that year. It was 1999. Mm-hmm. It was next year, 99. Um, that's fine. Don't worry. Uh, I've made a lot worse, louder noises than a, a water bottle. With ice. With ice cringling around. Um, yeah, I would say women's, women's soccer run. I know ele- the 2011 run where they have that um, last-minute comeback against Brazil. Mm-hmm. Although that was, I mean, it wasn't a prolonged period of time. That's like the... That's the only thing with this is there's no from start to finish of something. Maybe the Warriors, the seventy three win season, yeah, because that uh, was kind. It was kind of thrown out there at the beginning of the year, like oh, could like they got off to a really they got off to a long winning streak, and they're like oh, could they do it? I think you're close. It's closer on World Cup. My thought was two thousand eight Michael Phelps Golds. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really the reason why that's so good is because I think oh four Michael Phelps. Caught the caught all eyes of the nation. Yeah. So going into into Beijing, people were like, it was he the set a record? story. Yeah. Can he do it? And um, he couldn't lose one. You yeah. Know? I mean, if you if you want to cheat and just say Team USA at those Olympics, yeah, like the basketball team, the Redeem team, Nastia Lukin, um, like I think we had a pretty good track. Oh no, Usain Bolt was that was uh, yeah. the whole story of that. So. Our track team was kind of inferior to him, but um, that was yeah, that was my thought. That's a good one. But I didn't know if it was my thought because I because you're a swimmer, a swimmer, and I was like that girl that talked about how she like recorded every Cardinals game, hoping to get sixty two on tape. Like at my parents' house, there are still a number of videotapes, and each one of Michael Phelps's gold races are on those videotapes. That's pretty awesome. They're just sitting in my room. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of other garbage because I would have to like do something at night and I would record the whole Olympics. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things that might get thrown out there. And my only reason then take saying no to the Warriors is because I think that, you know, the World Cup, for some reason, but that's a so, such a strange thing about this race is that 98, um, is that I think it captured excitement for people who weren't, Sports fanatics. Like, I don't think non-sports fanatics cared about the 73 Warriors. Yeah. I do think non-sports fanatics cared about the Women's World Cup, and I think they care about the Olympics. Yeah. So, just because it's, like, a national thing. But that's so interesting about this is because it is just, like, it isn't a national thing. It's just Major League Baseball. Not just, but it's Major League Baseball. It's comparable to the NBA, and it still captured the nation in this way. And I don't know if it's because it's summer, people are at home, it's hot. I don't know, but... Yeah, I mean, that's always the thing about baseball and its popularity, right? And mm-hmm. certainly a question that I think it's brought back up year after year, especially as our generation has become more and more a part of the workforce and choosing whether or not to go to baseball games. Uh, and especially after this, after this year, whether or not baseball is played in 2020, we're recording this on June 15th, whether or not it's it, there's a 50-game season... Whether or not Scott Boris is right and they're going to play a 80-game season and finish on Christmas, whatever the hell they decide to do, and there's nothing. Um, I think that question is really going to get brought up of, of who does get captured by the magic of baseball. Mm-hmm. And can that magic be recaptured? And the fact that it all it took was a steroid, you know, a steroid-fueled race between two guys... From two of the the older franchises in baseball, mm-hmm. I, I would think 
that has something to do with and it, too. And that they're too. rivals. And that they're rivals, so there's that built in there. Like, if it was... If it was a Marlin and a Rocky, two, t- two guys who... Or two teams that got founded in the 90s. And are geographically far from each other. Yeah, are geographically far from each other. Like, would people just be putting it down because Coors Field, there's a lot more home runs hit there. Yeah. Um, which people still do that now. That You know, people like to just put down Nolan Arenado because he plays at Coors Field for half of the season. Um, and other and uh, plenty of other guys that play for the Rockies. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, I think, has proved that wrong <laughs> in going to the Yankees, but I digress. Um... I don't. I think that really helps with it, but then again, I guess, I guess that goes back to Barry Bonds, and yeah. if that steroid conversation never comes up with him, do we? Is there is there much more magic to be had with that run in two thousand one that the Bonds goes on? Because I remember, like in fifth grade, which is the you know the year of school I was in, in the fall of two thousand one. We did, like, current events every quarter in mm-hmm. social studies class. And two kids did a fake sports center, just like how they showed of, like, oh, we interrupt you to bring yeah. to bring a Barry Bonds home run. And they, like, it was actually, I mean, incredibly impressive that an 11-year-old did this because um, you weren't supposed to have help from your parents. So <laughs> believe as you will that they, cu- they actually got the cut of the Barry Bonds home run into there to show it and, like, do a fake sports center segment. So, like, it was a big enough deal then, and mine was Michael Jordan returning mm. to the Wizards, so you knew where my loyalties lie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It really It's a really interesting question. Yeah. We'll never know, but... We won't ever know, and that's kind of the sad thing, and you heard Greg and I get into the argument a little bit, either last week or a couple weeks ago, about Griffey, mm. and whether or not he did steroids, which, if you think he did, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. Greg. Um, but all these different dudes in this era that you and I grew up through mm. and how guy, I mean, how that's all going to be thought of. And I mean, this is, this is the gateway into everybody thinking, starting to think about it and seeing it and how people thought about baseball. And it's, it just sucks. There's no baseball in 2020 because I can't, I can't, give a comment on where the health of the game is today because there's even it's sitting right over there in my in one of my shelves of the Sports Illustrated cover when the Phillies won the World Series 10 years later of, of the Sports Illustrated writer I think it's Todd Verducci saying the game's ever been healthier and this is like in the wake of the Mitchell report and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff and 12 years later are we going back to square one here and and what would save baseball yeah i don't know but anyway let's let's try to end this on a higher on a higher note um what were some other highlights that you had from from the doc Uh, i don't know what do you have um i i thought a lot of the 90s stuff they just showed throughout it the haircuts we talked about this a little bit in the last dance of like the very 90s haircuts the commercials yeah um how commercialized McDonald's was. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, they're still a pretty big deal with the Cardinals. Like, Big Mac Land is still a thing at the New Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 
Yeah, I th- just, I, the nostalgia factor was huge. Yeah, and I, and I thought that. they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that going to do it, or, or is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I think we hit everything yeah. that I wanted to talk about. All right. Well. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. We Well, we talked about it a little bit with Bonds, and, and I don't know how to phrase this question. It kind of goes back to Sammy Sosa a little bit. Of like, Barry Bonds is, is still a folk hero in San Francisco. Like, they hosted the All-Star Game in 2007, when later on he would break the home run record, like, a month later. Um, and I remember... Yeah, 2007 is when Barry Bonds broke the home run record. Oh. And the, and the Giants hosted the, the All-Star Game that year. And Barry Bonds is voted in to start. And he gets, of all players, gets this huge standing ovation. And I was dumbfounded watching that those intros thinking like what the fuck is this like this guy's about to break the home run home run record he's cheating and i think mark mcguire is still well held up fan wise people love sammy sosa and i think that's why one particular podcast that features a cubs fan was a little bummed that we didn't get more sosa because of how and you saw it a little bit how funny and and lively sammy sosa is well he you know had the baseball been better but good to me they have him with the flag right after September 11th. Like, he... I mean, this is... He was just this personality that mm-hmm. was almost larger than life. Um, but my, I guess my thought is, is, like... And I think the answer is yes, because he's he was a hitting coach with the Cardinals for a while. But, like, who... Who is the villain, I guess, still within America? Like, is if Mark McGuire became... Like, if he became the Marlins coach, like Barry Bonds did for a little while. Like, if he comes... It's a bad example of saying if he comes to Philly, but, like, if if a guy... Like, if he becomes the manager of a team, are people going to be that upset about no. him doing it? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think of those three, Bonds is the villain. Oh, but Barry Bonds absolutely is. He can only work in San Francisco. Yeah, so if um, he can, you know... Yeah, and like, and Mark McGuire has been like a coach for like the Padres and like other teams as yeah, well. Yeah, Padres, yeah. Cardinals, um, a number of Dodgers, different teams. Maybe? I think. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I think he's with the Dodgers. The Southern apparently. California kid. Southern California kid. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Last last worked for for the Padres. He left after 2018. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it. I mean, this was great. Yeah, were you watching anything good? Listening to anything good? Um, anything I mean, you want to plug that you've been enjoying? Oh, I think I mentioned that I'm watching Avatar for the first time and it's completion. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon Journeys also just came out on Netflix. It's only 12 episodes and I'm halfway through it. That's been pretty you solid. You and Luna have been watching that when I go to bed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very enthralled by it, of these monsters that somewhat look like her. Yes. Um, even though she's our monster. <laughs> um... What else am I watching? We've been watching Community mm-hmm. for the first time, which I'm enjoying a lot more than than I always thought I'd like it. It just it aired. It always aired right after Thirty Rock, and I like gave it a couple episodes. I'm like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, pretty early on in season one, and I should have st- stuck with it. A lot of people loved it. It was kind of like when I watched Breaking Bad. I like watched a couple episodes. I was like, I think I need to watch this from the beginning. Streaming wasn't really there, so I waited until it got done, then watched it all. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Um, working my way through Grey's Anatomy still. I don't think you. I don't think you'd started oh, I the last time we podcasted. Yeah. I'm working my way through Grey's Anatomy. I average about two seasons a week. Yeah. Um, on season six. Wow. 
I'm just trucking through. You really are. Um, school ends this weekend, so have a lot of free time on my hands. There you go. Getting into golf. Getting into golf. We're playing golf this weekend. We are. Only my third time. I had yeah. some real... Are you going to play all 18 holes at Golf Mills, you think? Or do you want to play nine? Uh... We are negotiating this live on air, folks. I don't know, because you have to walk. You do have to walk. Yeah. I can uh, get you a pull cart. No, I don't need the pull cart. I have a backpack. Yeah. Maybe you have to see how hot it is. All right, we'll, we'll see. It might it's, it also may rain, so... Yeah. We'll see there. Um... But yeah, I What did you think of the golf this weekend? I only watched the playoff hole. Oh, you only watched you didn't watch Oh, that's right. You didn't come home until late Friday night when yes. I was watching coverage all Thursday and all Friday. Yeah. Yeah, but it was uh it's great to have golf back. Yeah. You feel for Colin Morikawa? Yeah, I think there's magnets in the holes like there's magnets in the rims in that uh, is a, Toronto. That that those are some takes there. Mhm. Oh yeah. Don't uh what what Bieber song is that that Intentions. has the, Yeah. With the, with the Quavo. With the, it's not, I know it's the not the Quavo, by the way. The Quavo. <laughs> with the Quavo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all that I'm doing. Nice. Well, Emily, thank you. Yeah. What do you want to do next? I don't know. We've just... Still been... up in the air. I want to do... And I've said this to Greg. I want to do King's Ransom with him. I know. But... I want you to watch, even though it's only an hour... I want you to watch the Alex Smith E60. Oh, I heard that's wild. Yeah, I told you. I yeah. told you it's wild. Okay, this is not time of who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> Even though you're always right. Um, it is. It's great. I that, recommend that to you. I heard the Ray Halliday one's really good, And too. I want to do that one. Um, Even though they're not full docs. But I think we could talk about it. They're just we, as long I mean, as we could hit like, it hard. They're an hour. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Um, and we can, like, throw... We can figure it out. I mean, this is that's the fun of this. A grab bag of E60s. Yeah, that'd be pretty wild. Um, but yeah, if you have a suggestion, either tweet at us, Jordo9, third and girl, underscores on both sides of the and for Emily. Uh, Jordo9 is me. Uh, ThunderBLG is the Thunderblogs Twitter account. Thunderblog Sports is the Instagram. I'm at third and girl, third and girl on Instagram. Yeah. That's like where I post the girl stuff. Book reviews. You like book reviews? You like cross-stitching? Find me there. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jordo9. Or join our Facebook group, The Bullpen Cart Podcast. Be a part of the conversation. Might put up a poll. Maybe a, I don't know, suggestion box. That mm. type of a post. For for what you guys want us to do next. Um, and, as always, subscribe to the podcast. There's The Bullpen Cart. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Find us. Yeah. Find us. Yeah. But, Emily, thank you. Peep this new graphic on the... Uh... Yeah, Emily, the, the graphic designer. Yeah, it's my resume. But anyway, we'll talk to you guys later. We may or may not be back later this week with another podcast. And go baseball.